Hey there, folks. Today, we're joined by Neil Phillips. Neil, it's great to have you on board. Thank you. <laughs> it's nice to see you. Now, for those who don't know, Neil is the consummate all-rounder. He's part of the winning pair in a 2015 transcontinental race, second solo in 2016, and one of the most consistent supporters of grassroots cycling in the UK. So this guy will race everything from cross to ultra distance to town center crits, kind of you name it, and he'll ride it. So with that in mind, let's dive straight in. Ultra distance riding or crits, would you prefer? Oh, I don't know. They both have their their kind of draws. I think day to day crits. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, the ultra distance takes a lot of planning, a lot of out, a lot out of you, mentally and physically. And, but like a crit, I can do. You can just do a crit every day of the week. Almost, yeah. <laughs> well, you don't need you don't need to train as much. No, if you're exa- doing, exactly. Yeah. You're doing Palace and Hog Hill, and then you can do a weekend crit. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not, I don't need to train. I just recovery spins just between do crits. Yeah. But what's the what's the draw then for somebody who's doing ultra distance compared to a crit? Because they're so different. Um, crit. I love speed, getting close, mm. and that kind of hustle bustle and the like technical skill of a of a decent like. I, I much prefer a technical crit yeah. than um, one that's kind of challenging rather than just a full gas. Like, a, like basically a track. Yeah, yeah, kind of race. So I do love that element of risk and like the challenge of of a crit. Um, but then the ultra distance, it's the chance to kind of explore and kind of have a bit of time by yourself, see new sites, mm relatively quickly you don't get chance to actually stop and look at anything um well not if you want to try and win the thing <laughs> um you've you've kind of just got to be pressing on the whole time but you do obviously get a chance to look yeah. around and take in the sights as you, as you do do pass them as long as it's in the day because a lot of time you're riding at night and then you don't see very much <laughs> um but then it's you say explore is that like explore, you explore the, the terrain and you see such varied terrain, especially in a race like transcontinental, you're going thousands of kilometers. But certainly over a smaller distance, I've always found cycling to be like therapeutic. Yeah, there is some, a lot of time just to yeah, be by yourself and yeah. kind of have that mind space. There is, there's an interesting side to the, ultra is that it's exploring yourself because you have if if you want to win if you want to be like super competitive or actually it's just wherever you are you're pushing yourself to the limits yeah and you're you're having to find those that inner mental capacity to be able to go a bit further so yeah there's the exploration of the landscape and the scenery in the countries towns cities it's also mentally yeah mentally. like yourself yeah you're like, kind of yeah especially if you're you if you're riding at night <laughs> you're, you're not seeing much you're not so. seeing much you're tired your body wants to switch off you know yeah. nighttime is a natural time for us to sleep so yeah. your brain starts to tell you that you should be going to bed so yeah at those times you've really got to kind of dig deep and find a little bit of extra energy and mental capacity to kind of push forward because that's such a juxtaposition of uh, a crit race whereas while you'd still push yourself a huge amount 
it's like a max of an hour, you know, and it, sure it can be a painful hour, but uh, it's not like saying, okay, I have to slog through this for the next day. Like literally 24 hours worth of riding. Yeah. The, it's, well, yeah, they're, they're so different, but they, you know, they each have their kind of well, draws for me. Mm. Um, I've seen rider. before you, you said in an interview, you your favorite moment was in one of the trans was it in one of the transcontinental races like your favorite moment on a bike yeah i think so um like the, there are times especially you know the the dawns and dusks you know the best light mm. they they show things in like the best context they yeah. look the most beautiful so yeah riding those distances and for those hours on the bike you're you're pretty much you see every dawn and dusk yeah you only maybe get a few hours of sleep in the pure darkness from midnight to 3 a.m or something like that um so yeah there are some times where you you're doing some a few climbs or something at 4 or 5 a.m and like it's absolutely stunning there's no one else out there yeah it's completely quiet like there's, a lot a lot closer to maybe having lost touch of this is very deep <laughs> where where humans come from at like a kind of uh, really deep down level um, away from cities, away from like modern distractions, away from like pumping base of a crit or <laughs> like something like that. Yeah. And you're just, I don't know, it's the times when nature and like the world kind of mm. blows you away, if, especially if, you know, you're in the mountains. Yeah. Like mountains when the sun is rising or setting just absolutely stunning yeah i can imagine and you know coming from the southeast you don't often see that yeah you see uh <laughs> you see light pollution and and, and cities and and smog and yeah like essex is nice but even that at dawn or dusk is it's not quite, quite it's not quite the same not on the same level <laughs> no that's um yeah that's something that i've always Certainly in my experience, I go out on a ride often to try and find somewhere away from the traffic noise, away from the pollution, somewhere that's a bit farther out in the country that you can just... Yeah, oh relax. yeah, all, all the time, like, get, doing so much riding in the city in the week, the weekend to get yeah. out and, you know, just to have a few hours of fields and quiet roads is absolute bliss better for the soul <laughs> it really is <laughs> is there something like for the long like a person's relationship with cycling do you think it's better to be self-motivated to ride longer distances than this like raw competition of like face-to-face -face racing you know crits are you're, you're up against people who are right there next to you yeah you've got you've got to be super self-motivated um to ride ultra and like to ride super long distances during ultras are probably some of the times where being the grimmest on a bike as well right because so you must know, take a heavy physical and mental toll yeah you're several days in and you're it's hot um you're really tired mm. like mentally and physically the legs hurt knees yeah. hurt and you kind of just want to stop and and I find a hotel, but you know that you have to push on. And it's there's the competitive edge 
that kind of keeps you pushing is that you know there's either someone in front of you or someone behind that you always know is there through modern technology um and being able to watch it on your um on your phone yeah yeah. um and dot watch and see where your competition are so you can you've always got that competitive kind of carrot as such to kind of keep you pushing but you have to dig pretty deep to yeah to keep going rather it, than it's less immediate like yeah the, the pressure's not next to you pushing you on it's it's something that has to come um from yourself yeah and you know in a crit if, if you're tired or you're not kind of feeling it you just slip in behind a wheel and <laughs> you can just ride it just and just ride it. and just i'm not chill but does that yeah. ever happen in like, ultras you know just, no you, uh, well you you can't you can't but you you, you can, know sitting say 20 meters behind them or 50 meters behind them or is no it's not it's yeah there's just not really that kind of thing that kind of goes on and well it's super hard mentally as well in that if you are close i think if you are close to someone like that if you've caught them they are such carrot to get past yeah and then to put, put distance to, between to, yourself and them. Yeah. Because 20, 20 meters is not much when you're talking a few thousand kilometers. Yeah. So if you've got yourself to a point where you've caught someone yeah. up, then that's that's a proper mental win to yeah. then go, right, I'm going to go past them and then try and put a little bit of distance in. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's never really happens. So, you know, sometimes on the road, you're not allowed to draft in the rules but you know if you do catch someone you don't see many people or, or on the road so there is a little bit of niceties etc yeah. as you kind of come alongside them you people you tend to have a little <laughs> hi how's it going yeah a little five minutes or so of of chat and then putting that that distance into them and leaving them behind you've clearly done that before <laughs> you end up you know you've won uh won the transcontinental pairing um, you were leading Trans Pyrenees. It's actually super hard to kind of put the dis. It's 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 not easy to catch someone. Yeah. But if you catch someone, and then as soon as you you've caught them, they then know you're there because they might not be explicitly watching the dots, yeah. and the dots are a bit delayed. That you know you don't know exactly to the nearest meter where yeah. someone is. Um, but then once you are next to them, then it's quite a difficult position because you might have caught them relatively easy, but now they're they're totally aware yeah. of you. So even if they're not specifically like putting more like effort into kind of keep up with you. They'll be, they'll be acutely aware of the fact that you're there. Yeah. And once you go past, their body will naturally. Whether it's like, adrenaline or something yeah, or just like, having a carrot in front of them. And it's that kind of thing when you're out on the road like just training normally and people are half wheeling and stuff yeah and everyone ends up going faster yeah not because someone's purposely trying to push push the pace and mentally going right and just i'm just gonna half wheel yeah um but there is that thing that yeah once you're together they will just naturally start to speed up speed up yeah and emily chapel wrote about it in a book when she caught someone and they were they were riding and chatting for ages and she she mentally said to herself shit i'm gonna have to let this person go because even though i've caught them they're obviously a lot stronger than i am but then in that mental moment the person actually outspoke and said hey emily you go on because you're riding a lot faster than i am but she was 
actually only trying to keep up with the other guy to have a chat. Yeah. And I guess you you don't, having not ridden one of these myself, I don't know whether it's the case, but it doesn't feel like in a race that is measured over such a huge amount of time, you don't want to put like efforts in. You don't want oh, to no. like, actively try to drop somebody. No, you, you need to keep it so, so steady. Yeah. Because um, every effort will come back to bite you at some point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you, you've got somebody next to you and you're like, oh, I want to beat you and I want to get rid of you. But how do I do that by just cycling like 1k an hour faster maybe yeah well yeah and sometimes there needs to be a bit of maturity but you know some that goes out the window especially when you're you're really at the competitive end of yeah. the race in that yeah you you're gonna be that person even if they let you go they're gonna probably want to speed up to try and find a way to claw back the time and to keep you maybe 50 yards in front yeah and yeah, yeah they're just there and then it's then it's who cracks almost who cracks first and has a stop yeah because you have to stop and yeah and then it's okay cool that person stopped i'm gonna go for another hour or half hour <laughs> and i'm gonna try and make sure that my stop is shorter is shorter yeah. so i come back out on the road with a little bit more time yeah once everyone's out of sight they settle into their yes, nat- yeah their bodies just in their natural it's like out of sight out of mind yeah exactly yeah except on a much larger scale you go back to your kind of your game plan yeah of yeah zone one zone two i mean that that sounds like it would be really hard to make that cool to to say i'm just gonna i'm gonna stop now and i know that somebody else obviously everyone has to make roughly the same amount of stops they have to rest the same amount each race is different so like the trans pyrenees yeah it's a lot shorter yeah so you can really put yourself into a sleep deprived hole right on that um then it comes down to probably yeah who's prepared to go really deep and who is naturally just a faster cyclist the transcon it's you know nine ten days um for the winner so there some people will try to minimize sleep a lot and just a couple hours in a ditch uh park bench or something yeah and that'll be it each day and going forward but that will really detriment the speed that they can maintain yeah um and then it becomes a bit more of a balancing act of a faster rider with a longer stop compared to a slower rider like the tortoise kind of naturally slower and slower because they put themselves into a sleep deprived yeah. state but are actually riding more hours a day yeah yeah exactly um because <clears throat> yeah you th- you think if so if you're averaging 25k an hour over the course of the race maybe yeah. or let's easy maths 24k <laughs> an hour yeah over the course of the race yeah if one person's riding 1k an hour faster yeah. over the course of the day that's that's only an hour yeah. extra sleep that they can afford to take yeah okay. compared to the person behind which is a bit but again that, it's not yeah it's not a lot and you know you have a puncher that's 15 minutes 10 minutes or whatever yeah and a few more bathroom stops or being a bit less efficient you on can the very bike. easily like leak that that you, time that you've gained yeah you can give it all back pretty quick exactly so like speed is important but it's finding that balance yeah. you mentioned like the the difference between transcon and transpyrenees where you're able to put yourself in more of a hole in the transpyrenees i you, i think or you not you at the end of the day you're still in a yeah you're, you're by st- the by the end of the transcon you're in a deeper hole 
but you have to you you kind of can balance that over the course of the race how hard is it to make the call like last year in trans pyrenees which is shorter you have to make the call to stop is there like a a real big draw when you say i don't have much farther to go i wonder if i can just put myself in more of a hole and get through it you know because you're in the lead as well oh yeah um i i think yeah once once you get down to a day or so's worth of riding yeah mentally that's like right cool because how long did you have left to i had 500k so i had it pro- i i probably had 36 hours maybe of right, riding of in riding. Uh, in that train and if it was other something else that the reason i scratched yeah. then i would probably just like just kept, bat- battle on and but i couldn't sit on the saddle so yeah the thought of 36 hours like out the saddle and i tried i tried to do stuff and i did 75k on the parkour out the saddle and like <laughs> my knees and achilles because you just yeah there's muscles that you've not you've not trained to do yeah 75k out the saddle you you feel those kind of twinges and well as as you said before i it's do crits do road races do cycle cross yeah you're not that, i i i want to do everything and i enjoy doing everything i'm not my year isn't solely targeted to those one or two yeah. races so so you're not willing to like do damage to try and win these races yeah know, i don't see the point so easy of, to do yeah exactly yeah. i don't see the point of finishing and having a win but then not being able to ride my bike for the next four months and like missing the whole of the cyclocross um season and also kind of putting myself on the back foot for yeah. the coming road season because i've not been training so because that, that, like, what sort of sacrifices do people make to to take part in these uh, these real big ultra distance events? Um, a lot of people. Well, so there are people that have obviously had significant damage or problems. Yeah, uh, I can honestly couldn't name names or specifics from it, but people do. Yeah, come out the other end with with problems, um, and. There's a lot of people that will say, oh, well, yeah, if you, once you've done the transcon, like, you can't realistically be looking at racing for the next six months. I, I don't know. That's, um, I, I've, I've managed to find ways <laughs> to, yeah. to, to get back into it quite, quite quickly. Just think of it like a really strong base season. Exactly. Crammed into 10 days. <laughs> well, after the first transcon, I think it was eight or nine days and I raced Palace um and then how did you do a palace and it was the first time i ever raced palace it was because it was the last re- season yeah. of the race i'd never raced there so i really wanted to do it i didn't do that well i had no speed at all yeah. managed to hang on and then the second time i think it was less than two weeks and it was the regional road race champs yeah and i i pulled out a lap early so i did like 110k but again considering you're two weeks off of like what would by conventional wisdom cripple most people yeah but then i just I had no zip and well it's that kind of saffron walden mm. circuit i don't know what the name of the circuit is but Whatever, that, that finishes yeah. up the climb and yes just yeah. yeah one one lap to go just went up that climb and was like nah yeah 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 this it's, isn't happening it's, yeah you you've got the all the endurance in the world but none of the speed yeah yeah and a lot of fatigue so if you get it right, it needn't be the sole focus of your entire season or your entire life. No, it doesn't. But maybe I might do better if I did just concentrate on it. 
Right. <laughs> Maybe, but then I it's not Because I've always thought this, every time I watch you race at Hog Hill, I don't know, have you ever won one of the Hog Hill League Summer League races? And it, not it, this, I don't know this season... I've definitely won up there, yeah. but not maybe not, not, not the last, not one of your races. And that pains me because you always shape the race. You always are like the person that will, you'll be in the break. You'll make it exciting to watch and exciting for everyone to be a part of. And then, I don't know, for some reason you'll, you'll come second or, or third. Well, that's normally because of tactics. Yeah, I guess there's team tactics. And, tactics, and a lack but, of, and a lack, well, not even just team tactics, personal but, uh, tactics. Um <laughs> And having a really, really rubbish sprint. <laughs> so you have to win solo. I have to win solo. Yeah. And like, I have won there solo a few times. Yeah. Kind of, I've put a decent amount of time into, I've kind of, I've, I've had wins up there. Yeah. But yeah, they've mainly been, mainly I, been solo. I think w- what I, I always wonder is you're, you're doing ultra distance, crits, road races, everything all the way to like cyclocross and gravel i guess a whether training specifically for one thing would kind of be better and you'd be more likely to win that but also whether that's even worth it like whether you want to do it because the vibe always comes across that you love riding your bike so i do love riding my bike i do love the challenge of all the different types of disciplines and also I'm an old, like an old, relatively older rider. I'm not right. going anywhere within the sport as yeah. such. I'm not chasing a contract or anything like that. So it's just about having fun. So what I've always said, I'd much prefer to come 10th or even though sometimes I will berate myself or get annoyed with the field or whatever, because I've tried to, you know, excite the race yeah, and yeah. then nothing's worked because everyone's, just kind of chasing it down or it's kind of become quite a frustrating race yeah um but i much prefer to actually do something and be in the race and not necessarily the most like have the most tactical now but at least make it hard for everyone else yeah then just to sit in make it a proper enjoyable experience for everyone as well Mm, (laughs) well some people might disagree (laughs) with that (laughs) um rather you know the race is an hour it's not the last lap yeah and there are a lot of riders that race a race to race the last lap. Um, so they'd rather cruise around and just, yeah. And the, you know, they're tactically very clever and they can read the race and know that a break's not going to go or yeah. whatever, or they can just sit in the right position to jump on someone else's kind of break move. Yeah. But I'd much prefer to just, yeah, slog myself for an hour and slog everyone else. Yeah. And, is maybe like, not get a result but have <laughs> at least have felt like i've had fun yeah yeah is there like more of a sense of camaraderie within that that scene when you when you when you do that when you you kind of get stuck in and get involved is there more of a, a camaraderie within crit racing than than other aspects of the sport um i don't know i respect other riders a lot more that get stuck in yeah um you know there's always going to be a depth of ability and um kind of fitness so not everyone can be sat on the front pushing it etc <laughs> but then that kind of gets normally gets whittled down anyway yeah. through natural selection but yeah i definitely respect riders that are kind of willing to kind of push it and make it really hard um so yeah i suppose there's a, probably a bit of camaraderie in there yeah 
And is there that camaraderie in in like ultra and? Yeah, well, everyone, most people are out to again enjoy it, and they understand that they're all putting themselves into a pretty lonely and hard, like, fatigued place. So before, after, and normally, if you pass people on the road during the race, everyone's really cool with each other and everyone the thing is you always have you're out there for so long on your own you've always got your own individual stories so there's always after the race there's always the kind of the tales of yeah yeah your time on the road and oh did you see this village or did you see that um or when i went through here it was looking like this um and i guess you, you don't have that in the same way when everyone's in a bunch in the same everyone's got again personal tales but probably everyone else experienced that in much the same way yeah yeah and they're they're, you know from the bunch it's normally like oh shit did you see that person as they took that line wrong yeah almost like like, crash into that barrier (laughs) yeah or they almost took everyone out by doing this or whatever um so yeah there isn't yeah probably not there's there's not the same tales of kind of oh i got to here and then i followed this road and it was a dead end and i had to walk for two kilometers or something like that um kind of stories and or or people that you've met along the way like random people or people that have been watching a race and just come out to support it and say hello Mm. oh yeah that's a good point um you get that a lot more in the the tales that come with it and is that is that coming more nowadays in like cyclocross and gravel? Because there's a real boom. Is that growing scene like becoming something that alongside ultra has its own camaraderie and its own like specific group of fans? Yeah, uh, I think cross seems to be plateauing a bit in a way. It's at a grassroots level, it definitely yeah. seems to be plateauing. At the elite level, it's obviously we've now hit a <laughs> peak, peak yeah, GB. A kind of golden yeah. era of the youth coming through that are being super competitive yeah. on a, a world stage. Um, and maybe that's not really being tapped into into its full potential, I don't think. Right. You mean in terms of like how that can inspire? Other inspire others and kind of promote the sport, promote a different side of cycling within general media, etc. cetera. Um, you know, mainstream publicity. Because I've, I've always found that those aspects of the sport cyclocross mountain biking um and and gravel they are so much cooler on social media and and they are so much more tuned in to what ticks the boxes and gets people keen i think so um and i think they're a bit more accessible and there's way less competitive edge yeah to it well there's still a competitive edge it's more it's more open it's more accepting yeah 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 if you're not fast enough and you turn up to a crit or a road race, then it's a pretty rubbish time. Yeah. Because you'll be dumped pretty quick. And yeah. And then like that's your race over. It's, yeah. Or you just plod around on your own. Um, where within cyclocross at grassroots, you, you're only racing the person in front and the person behind. And there's yeah, big, true. there's big gaps. Um, and even, and, well, that's all through the ranks as long as you're at the level of like the next step up, national yeah. trophy level, etc. You're still only racing. You might be racing for 50th or 40th yeah. or whatever, but you're racing... The people in front and behind you. Yeah. It's um, like time trials. In a it's, it's, yeah, it's very much like a time trial, a time yeah. trial off-road. And then because you don't have that 
people aren't at loggerheads, their sponsors and supporters aren't at loggerheads. Yeah. So it's a lot more accommodating. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, but in terms of the social media, you have to be tapped into looking at for that content, yeah. looking at that. So you have to already be within yes, the sport yeah. um, to see it where those areas are areas where you could maybe get more people into the sport and you know get people racing um through the winter and then maybe they might go into the road and okay, like yeah. race road <laughs> using crosses like a gateway drug into road maybe yeah. yeah um or at least just get getting people to be more like more active and riding more yeah. um and uh, or at least then watching more being more interested in kind of the road scene yeah etc because brands seem to be the best way of doing it you know if, we, if we're seeing like these these brands are much better on social media um and people with their own like individual brands like the, the competitors um those brands are they necessarily a good thing is that they're helping to drive you know they're putting sponsorship and advertising money into it i know you've done like modeling and uh involvement with brands is that a good thing is it a bad thing is it yeah wow i'm sure there's probably some negatives that i can't think of off the top of my head but you know if if a company's willing to put money product etc yeah into the sport it's it's a good thing you know okay it's it's for their own interest to drive more custom but anything that they can give back is is a positive yeah um the negative is sometimes it might not necessarily be in the right area. It, you know, may, maybe it, it could be used in, in a better means, but yeah, it's money into the sport. So Yeah, and I guess often people would see brands putting money into a sport. As you said, it's like, oh, well, they, they want to make money, obviously. But um, a lot of these brands have been born out of that sport anyway. Yeah. So they're, they're trying to help the grassroots where they can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it it's yeah it's both sides they've they've got to for both sustainability of the business but also kind of sustainability nature of giving back providing to the community there's their moral argument as well as the commercial argument exactly yeah so will it make a huge difference to those bigger races you know it's obviously cross uh gravel ultra distance is there a way for companies to really get involved and well yeah there's i don't know there seems to be the big boom in america with gravel where brands are kind of pushing a lot of money into it is that maybe more down to it's a growth market yeah i don't know maybe that is more commercial led it's it's an area of growth it's an area of different product they can sell yeah true um with ultra brands are definitely getting on board now there's a big kind of scene with that because you you can if you've got the right photographers following the race and the right riders providing social media content then you get some spectacular content a lot more interesting yeah and a lot more personal than like a road race or something like that than the same bang for your buck wise yeah the, the number of photos I've posted from palaces, like, <laughs> or from Hog or from wherever it's, yeah. I'm sure people get pretty bored of it. Um, but if you're deep in the, I don't know, the Balklands, going up some massive climb at sunrise, and you know you've got 
this different aspect or now mm. the atlas mountains yeah, like yeah you just look at that and the red kind of mudstone rock that's there and yeah. sheep running across the road and like it's locals like totally and stuff unique scenery yeah that people won't have seen before no and it's spectacular to shoot yeah. and is really engaging for the the viewer yeah. so a lot of people will get involved with that and but and then is that taking away from the principles of road racing races like lincoln struggling to continue because of the, yes. the amount of money that they need for sponsorship and you've got money being thrown at the, the kind of the new growth markets and that leaves some of the older uh, more established things like lincoln by the wayside yeah because economically it possibly doesn't yeah. kind of make sense but it just needs brands to think about it in different ways okay yeah rather than just in a commercial way yeah or well in a commercial way but how what you get out of the race okay yeah and yeah. you know you can't just put 20 grand in and think that you're going to get 20 grand's worth of repayment back yeah. um there's like a reason what your goals are yeah and there's a reason why they're struggling to to get the money because the system's not really working for itself so maybe something needs to change. Maybe you need to do do something different with how you publicize, how you create content from it. Yeah. So there's things for organizers and brands to kind of work together in a relationship to understand where the, it needs to go. Yeah. I don't work in marketing, so I don't know where that, what that <laughs> is, but I'm sure someone, someone can. Yeah. It just takes the right person and the right thoughts. Yeah. Otherwise, it, is, it just goes back to the moral obligation of putting money back into the sport well it's food for thought then isn't that thank you very much for <laughs> i could i could speak for hours about that's a whole different that's, conversation that's different, isn't yeah. it about the and i'm not the right person to speak about that <laughs> i've got to find that right person then right perfect thank you very much neil um that's all we've got time for if anybody wants to follow you hear what you've got to say keep up to date on your insane adventures you've got instagram is uh at underscore neil underscore phillips underscore easy rolls off the tongue <laughs> yeah so smooth <laughs> and then twitter as well is uh, at neil or oh, no, at phillips neil. neil yeah um which is definitely worth a follow i know i follow you on both of those things so um for everyone else once you've done that you can um follow monument cycling on instagram twitter and facebook and you can stay up to date with all our events races content and future podcasts or you could enter or go and watch one of their races even better the summer series at hog hill summer series at hog hill is definitely worth a shout yeah grand prix exactly so yeah get up there on a thursday evening uh a great view of london yes actually and you get the sunset which we spoke oh, the about earlier amazing and you can see the whole circuit as they're going around yeah You're up on a hill at the finish 20k from central london toughest uh put a beer or two in your backpack <laughs> perfect yeah you, you know sunset beers and a bit of bit of racing that's basically what riding in london should all be about exactly now thank you very much no worries <laughs> folks until next time <laughs>